This is Geek Core Radio, your guide for the music of geek culture. I'm Scooter Man. In this episode, I'll be showing you music from three different concept albums. The first, from A Sound of Thunder, is a metal album inspired by a comic. The second is a rock opera retelling of the story behind Mega Man 2, from the Megas. And ending with an album by S.J. Tucker, with some tracks that are narrated and some that are sung, telling the stories of people caught on the dark side of fairy tales. Each is great individually, but each album forms something entirely different by the sum of their powers combined. I'm only going to be covering three songs from each, so this really is just a sample of the albums in their full glory. You should check out the show notes for where to get the full albums in order to have the real experience. If you'd like to help support us, head over to patreon.com slash legendsmithproductions and become a patron today. Either way, I'm glad you're here, and I hope that you'll help spread the word about us. Before we get started for real, a brief word from our sponsor. Watch an all-star British cast compete in the most elite, no-moves-barred, breakdancing competition. That's right, it's the great British Break-Off, television's most polite and cutthroat dancing competition, Sundays at 8. Our first album is about the comic Shadow Man. The tale explores a lot of voodoo beliefs in general, mostly following the journey of Aloha, which is a godlike being within the voodoo pantheon. This spirit is passed down along the eldest male line of the Boniface family. Our story starts long ago with the first person to become the Shadow Man, then transitions into the main story, which happens in more modern times, following the current Shadow Man, Jack Boniface. This album is by A Sound of Thunder, and it's called Tales from the Dead Side. The first song tells the story about how two twins, being brought up by their father as voodoo practitioners, end up declaring war with the very father that raised and trained them. This explains how the son becomes the powerful Master Dark, a future antagonist, and the daughter, Sandrea, who is later inspired to perform magics to create the Shadow Man legacy. It's called Children of the Dark. The Shadow Loa, a rebel spirit cast out from the voodoo pantheon ages ago. The Loa was cursed to wander alone. But the birth of a strange set of twins will set events in motion and will change the Shadow's destiny.
My fear grew as my brother's obsession with me grew. He, he was, was becoming, becoming more powerful. And so Sandria fled. She ran from her brother so he might never find her, and she could make right some of the evil she had allowed into this world. The second song is towards the end of the album, so I'll catch you up a bit. At this point, Sandrea, who's the main character from the last song, bound the spirit of an outcast Shadow Loa to her lover, making him the first Shadow Man. He then fought and killed her brother, Master Dark, sending him to the dead side, otherwise known as the afterlife, sort of. Now we're back in modern times, with the current Shadow Man being Sandrea's descendant, Jack Boniface. The song is mostly about describing the dead side and how its ruler, Baron Semedi, is slowly getting less powerful because not as many of the living still believe in him. So Baron Semedi strikes a deal with Master Dark to reclaim some of his glory, a deal that the Baron will soon learn to regret. This is Dead Side.
Now I have the very next song on the album. It's the last one I have for you from A Sound of Thunder. It covers Dark's betrayal, with him essentially binding the souls of the dead to build a tower. This tower will give him the strength to build a bridge back to the land of the living, and possibly even break the cycle of death. This, this pisses off Baron Samedi, because how dare he do something so against the laws of nature, and against the very reason for his realm. Here is Tower of Souls. Samedi, king of the dead side, struck a deal to confront the Shadow Man. While Sandria's brother prepared.
Jack accepted the power of the Shadow Lower. He used it to destroy the Master. But power comes with a price. Our next album is more or less the story of Mega Man 2. It covers the adventures of Mega Man, Dr. Light, who is his creator, Dr. Wily, who is his enemy, and many of the robot masters who were created by Dr. Wily as they challenge Mega Man one at a time. The album is by the Megas, and it's called Get Equipped. The first song I'm going to play for you is from the perspective of Dr. Light, talking to himself and Mega Man, lamenting that even after all the gifts that he's given his robot son, he still seems to be forever haunted by the need to redeem the name of Light. This song is The Message from Dr. Light. Select. Beyond any debate 
This episode is brought to you by Glitter Be Gone. Finally, you too can be 100% glitter-free. Throughout most of the album, we hear stories of the different level bosses that Mega Man has to fight throughout his journey. This next song is from the perspective of Quick Man, a boomerang-themed robot. It's done like some sort of Wild West showdown between Quick Man and Mega Man. At this point, Mega Man has already taken down six of the other robot masters, out of the eight total. So Mega Man has a reputation for being an unstoppable force, sort of a blue god of death. Now, Quick Man's power is being able to slow down time, but even that can't stop the inevitable. You see, death does wear blue. Here we have the quick and the blue, Quick Man.
I also decided to show you the last song from the album. This song is a lament from the perspective of Mega Man, where he wonders, is there even a point to all of this fighting? Did he actually accomplish anything in the end? Is he nothing more than a tool of war? Let's listen to Lamentations of the War Machine, end song. Staring death right in the face And it's because of my bravery Humans are safe from slavery
Our last album is done as a collaboration between S.J. Tucker and Catherine M. Valente. Basically, the songs and the stories from this album are based on the stories from Valente's book, The Orphan Tales, in the cities of coin and spice. Mostly modern stories told in a fairy tale style, these songs vary from whimsical to pretty dark. Ha, <laughs> alright, alright. Let's not kid ourselves. Even the most whimsical stories in this collection are no strangers to nightmares. The format for the album is generally a spoken word story immediately followed by a song about the characters from that story. To give you a bit of that feeling, I'll be playing the intro song for the album, followed by a story song pair. It's called Solace and Sorrow. The first song we're going over is also the introduction to the album. It's haunting, chilling, and hits all sorts of heartstrings for me. It's a general overview of several characters from the album that we won't have time to cover individually. So when you hear the song mention A City of Cinnamon and a Manticore Song, that's not random. That's a reference to songs you'll have to check out on the full album. Note the mentioning of Solace, though, as that's the character that we're going to be focusing on for the next two songs. This is Sorrow's Song. Tell me a tale so beautiful that the stars will strain to hear. The stories to be told, my child, are not for you to fear. Sing me a city of cinnamon, sing me a manticore song. I will give you beads of amber and feathers all of gold. stars with no one to tell her her name red in her cloak as a winter sun she wanders not entirely tame are ye a child of stars dead and dying brought here from afar with worlds of fate upon your eyes and sorrow in your heart sing me a tale so beautiful that the stars will strain to hear the stories to be told, my love, are not for you to fear. Sing me a city of cinnamon, sing me a manticore song. I will give you beads of amber and a feather cloak of gold. As red in her cloak as a winter sun, our daughter of dying stars. Worlds are made upon her eyes and sorrow. Stories to be told, my love, are not for you to fear. Does it not seem strange to ask to talk by first light instead of last? The stars keep watching the living dead and dying. Diamonds know to fork you never know. 
one's going to be a little different. I've included one of the spoken word tracks to really give you a feeling for the album. This is the story of Solace, the human daughter of Lantern, the Firebird, and Sleeve, the Spider. She goes on an adventure to find out what things little girls are to do with themselves, since neither of her parents really know. It is a longer story, but completely worth it. It's called Solace. By the time I was old enough to dance, Ajanab was well and truly dead. I was weary of the bell tower, but even in a city of artists I was not brave enough, not quite yet, to go down into the streets without my papa, to find out what it is that a girl ought to do. Even a dead city has ghosts, and I could hear them at night, howling and singing and dancing on this great red grave. I only came out to watch papa dance at the carnival of the dawn. He was so beautiful, with his tail waving high and low, fluttering like a rain of stars. I wanted to stand in his tail while he danced, stomping his big claws down in the courtyard, throwing his plumes back in the first light, flaring that tail like a lady's gown. I wanted to stand there and see all that fire moving around me and listen to the sound of it. Fire makes this great, roaring, snarling sound when it spins and leaps. Did you know that? I hear it in my dreams. One day, Sleeve clattered up the stairs as she will sometimes do, grumbling and grassing as she often does. Lantern, you are raising this child to be as wild as a kitten lost in the jungle. You must let her find other little girls and learn what it is that girls like, what they eat, what they do when they are happy, what they do when they are sad. Would you have her be like me? The other spiders think my webs are strange even now. I don't like other little girls, I piped. They're silly and taller than me and they have no flames at all. I chewed a mouse bone and Sleeve gestured in righteous indignation. See, she's a wolf girl. I'm a firebird, I insisted. Lantern, let me take her down into the city. If she is to live here, she must learn an art or she will be shunned. And a shunned girl cries very much. And you will never hear the end. I am not a girl, I frowned. And that is how I met the sirens, who were frightening as fire unchecked, but pretty enough to make me bashful. They nuzzled Sleeve in a very unbird-like fashion, their women's legs pointing and skipping in joy. My old friends, you must help me. Tell me what it is that a girl does in the way that a spider weaves, so that Solace will not grow up to be the wrong sort of girl. We like the wrong sorts of girls, they wrote. They are usually the ones worth writing about. Please, sighed Sleeve, you needn't be a bunch of silly flea-bitten birds for my benefit. I'm a firebird anyway, I grumbled under my breath. 
We think, went their flowing feet, their dancing penmanship, that girls ought to sing. They ought to sing and dance while they're singing. But we are not girls, and so can be almost certain that we know nothing about the matter. But we let a spider try, so why not a girl? The sisters seized me with their wings. Theirs were cool and dry, not like Papa's. But a wing is the right sort of thing, that I knew. Arms always seemed so strange to me. Everything good in the world has feathers and wings and claws. They led me to the inkwash, and passed my feet through, and then began to whirl me between them. It was a mess of legs and wings and beaks, but it slowly became a dance. They lifted my feet with deftly turned ankles, moved my arms in time with their wings. We danced together, the sirens and I, but they never sang, never once, and I spun with them in silence, faster and faster. When it was over, the four of us looked down at the paper floor, the expanse of swirling ink, trying to read the tale we had written there. There was a scribble, a scrawl, a jagged mess. The sisters had managed a few words here and there, but in their instruction they could not manage both the steps and the tale. There was nothing of note. They leapt up again and fluttered to a fresh corner. You are hopeless at letters, they wrote. That is very sad. But the dancing, I cried. The dancing! I want to dance like that! Try the dancing, master, they suggested with a flourish. It was nearly dark by the time we found it. The grate was small, and it led into a darkness without depth. But I was little then. I could wriggle through the bars, and darkness was darkness and could not hurt me. Lantern taught me that, blazing as he did against the fears of any crawling shadow. Come with me, I said to my spider, who hovered around the copper bars, and looked suspiciously into the murk. No, said Sleeve slowly, shaking her head. This is where the dancing master lives. I know very well how to dance. I shrugged. I was not very concerned. I walked into the dark with a straight back. The mud was warm on my feet, and as I descended the air became cooler and cooler, and the ceiling higher and higher. Even if I put my arms straight overhead, there was nothing above me but dark air, swirling and thick. At last the mud slackened, and a real path hardened beneath me, lit by a sudden bank of torches which burned low and sullen on the walls. Wider and wider the path grew, until it opened into a vast vault, whose stone walls vanished into bronze domes, arching up and up and up, spangled with painted dolphins with intricate eyes and faded white stars near the peaks of the many domes. The sides were scored with ancient watermarks, ascending the walls like the rings of a tree. At my feet was a maze. It was low and small and intricate, but no challenge at all, really, for you could jump over any of the walls as easy as you please. The tallest one came up to my waist. They were made of rock and bone, the little walls. These used to be cisterns, came a voice like a queen's footsteps, echoing in a marble hall. When Ajans cared to worry about such things as sieges... There was once enough water here to keep the city drinking tea well into any war. Now it is drunk all up, and no one thinks about sieges any more. At the entrance to the maze was a pair of shoes. They were twisted out of the roots of cassia trees, curling wildly at the toe and the heel, the red roots snarling and looping like an embroidered hem. The scent of them was rich and dark and sweet, expensive cinnamon floating in a cup of black tea. Don't be afraid, came the voice again. I am for wearing. No one will punish you. I raised my foot to slip it inside and stopped. 
I'm supposed to learn to dance and find out what girls are meant to do, the way a spider is meant to weave. Ah, but not all spiders weave, so your question is a bit foolish on the face of it, don't you think? As for dancing, there is nothing easier. Put your feet in my care. I am not called the dancing master for nothing. You are the dancing master? Of course. What else could teach so well as I? But I do not teach alone. This maze is laid out such that should you step through the correct path, by its end you will have learned the most extraordinary dance, such that any holy dervish would weep and call you his devotion. I think this is very strange. All things are strange which are worth knowing. Come, I have asked a third time. I lowered my foot and sank into the shoes which were just my size, and felt like sudden fists seizing my feet. Attend to me, girl. I am your metronome. Keep to my voice. I will keep your rhythm true. I see you go bare shod. This is most likely extremely sensible. Shoes are no end of trouble for girls, that tribe you seek in the dark. How many have danced to death in slippers of silk and glass and fur and wood? Too many to count. The graveyards, they are so full these days. You are very wise to let your souls become grubby with mud, to let them grow their own slippers of moss and clay and calluses. This is far preferable to shoes, which may become wicked at any moment. I was panting, and my hair clung to my ears with sweat by then. So quick and fast had I been forced to leap and turn and step, with the tiny heel-to-hip kicks the narrow corridors demanded, the elongated, elegant sliding motions of the long straightaways, with the pirouettes, with the cat-like tiptoes. The voice of the shoes kept perfect time, and my body hummed to the dance, hummed with the knowing of it, hummed with the learning of it, as sometimes it had hummed with the books on my lap in the calligrapher's shop. Finally, with three full spins and a flourish of my arms, I completed the maze. The shoes clacked their heels against the floor in applause, which is very disconcerting, having your shoes move without your say-so. I doubled over, catching my breath. Thank you, I wheezed. It is my pleasure demurred the dancing master. I could feel the sides of the root shoes, squeezing my feet, trying to hold on. It is time for me to go now, I said uncertainly. There is no need to leave me down here in the dark. Think how well we could dance together in the candelabra halos. Think how beautiful all men would think you, in your cinnamon shoes, with your long legs dancing like a gazelle. The shoes were strangling now, trying to hold on to me, trying to keep me fast inside them. I think I should like to feel my own feet on the cobblestones if it's all the same. It is not the same, cried the dancing master, squeezing tighter like a snake around a mongoose. I know what it is right and proper for girls to do. I can answer your question. The shoes ground tighter against my bones. Girls are meant to dance and spin until their skirts flare like petals and look more beautiful than ruby-rimmed roses at balls which never end. They are meant to live for the revels. They are meant to bat their eyelashes and whirl in the arms of handsome men. They are meant to dance, dead or alive, cold or hot. They are meant to dance until their bones crack. They are meant to care only for the dance. They are meant to spin in men's arms for all their days until their heel bones strike sparks on the dance floor. I was weeping as the shoes wrenched, crushing my feet into the red roots, and my fingers scrabbled against them uselessly. I drew a hitching breath, my chest searing and tight, and leapt up into the air, just as the maze had taught me, a high, strong leap, 
and came down as hard as I could on the flats of my feet. The landing shivered my calf bones, but the careening voice ceased abruptly, like a door slamming shut. The shoes were broken into pieces on the stone floor of the cistern, lying around me in sweet-smelling cinnamon shards. No, I said simply, and turned back to the long tunnel, back up to the air and the light. Dawn was coming. Sleeve was there, snoring lightly as spiders will snore. She woke with a shudder when I stroked her back and looked up at me with her glittering black eyes. And how did we do this time? Same as the rest? More or less, I shrugged. Well, come on with you then, it's nearly time for Lantern to dance. As the sun blinked sleepily over the siren's tower, Lantern stood in the courtyard with the gurgling fountain, amid the shouting and singing of the carnival, and danced. His flaming tail tossed scarlet and yellow up into the air and down again like a fan, each frond of peacock-bright feathers waving as if each one were a separate dancer. His huge, feathered feet lifted up and stomped down in a quick rhythm, one I had always loved. A dozen violins and trumpets and flutes played his music, and he turned his face to the new sun, his bronze beak catching the first light, sending it into the fountain in a shower of gold. I wanted, as I have always wanted, to see the world from within his tail, and that morning of all mornings I stepped shyly up to my dazzling, burning father as he hopped up onto one claw and spun to the delighted gasps of the musicians. Papa, I said, and I wish my voice had not wavered. I wish my cheeks had not been so red and hot. Let me dance with you. He smiled, as only a bird the size of a house can smile, and I stepped into his tail. The world through flaming feathers is washed in gold, scrubbed to gleaming by fire, and the sound of it roars ocean fierce. I moved my feet as though the maze were still red and wide beneath me. I moved my arms like wings, and I danced in my papa's tail like a firebird. I'd like to think that this is the song of her singing at the festival while dancing with her father Lantern, thus picking up immediately after the story let off. I've played this for more than a few kids. They love dancing to it and just kind of humming along. It has all the aspects that I love about the music from outdoor festivals. Here is our last track from Solace and Sorrow and our last track for today, Firebird's Child. I am the firebird. I am his daughter. I am the firebird's child. I am the firebird. I am his daughter. And like the flame, I am wild, 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 wild. I am the firebird. I am his daughter. I am the firebird's child. I am the firebird, the boldest song you've ever heard. Join in the dance and make it wild, wild, wild. Join in the dance and make it wild. To see a maiden dance around the fire is not so strange. But fire dances around the limbs of this uncommon maid. Be brave enough to burn and you'll be brave enough to fly. Join your sister's solace as she lights the morning sky. I am a firebird. I am his daughter. I am the firebird's child. I am the firebird, the boldest song you've ever heard. Join in the dance and make it wild. 
This episode was brought to you by, spoiler alert, it's a movie with a twist. You won't believe how it ends. Spoiler alert, it seems kind of crazy because it was all just a dream. That's all I have for today. Really, you're not going to get the full experience for any of these albums without listening to the whole thing front to back. So don't forget to check out the full albums. For more information about these artists, where to get their music, and more, go to www.geekcoreradio.com. All music was used with permission from the owner. Please check out and support the creators. If you like what you heard, please support us and become a patron today. You can find us at Patreon under Legend Smith Productions. Geek Core Radio is part of the Story Forge Network. For more information, go to www.legendsmithproductions.com. If you have any music you want us to check out or just want to say hi, Send us a message on Facebook, Twitter, or email us using info at legendsmithproductions.com. Thank you for listening, and let that geek flag fly.